Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, everybody, I want you to grab your seat. Welcome to church. Welcome, welcome. Y'all ready for today? That's going to be so good. Many of you probably already know. Let me, let me just ask this real quick. How many of you came yesterday to our prophetic service? Oh, the majority of you. That's awesome. So y'all are all primed and ready to roll, huh? You got Saturday church in you, and you're here on Sunday? Come on, man. Y'all are awake in the spirit. I like it. Um, well, for those of you who weren't here, and th- those of you who don't know, one of my good friends, Ben Armstrong, is here with us today. And uh, we're super excited to have him and his wife, Heather. Ben is the, um, the lead, the head of prophetic ministry at Bethel Church in Redding, California. He does prophetic ministry literally all around the world, goes on trips to Moscow and Japan and all kinds of places. He's just, he's literally everywhere. Um, if my wife would let me, I would go with him, but she's just not really down with that right now. So we're, we're working on her, Ben. We're working on her. So, um, but he, 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 he loves our church. He loves our family. And uh, he's really, really excited to be here and get to share with you today. So um, would you guys, let's do something different. Would you stand to your feet and give Ben a, a really big hand, hand clap today? A big round of applause. Come on. Love you, Keith. Uh, so, hey, Keith, help me out. How do we make this thing flat? Come on, you have the technology. For those of you who know me, I am very handy. So, um, okay, Mr. actually, can another man get up here and help me out? No, I'm here, kidding. You want me to, uh, uh, yeah. I'm like, what? What's this? Tyler's way more manly than I am. He hunts oh, African animals and stuff. And really? his we biceps are bigger together. than mine. We're not going to talk about that, though. Here, do you need me to be stronger than you? Oh, I, uh, I'm going to break it. It just like snaps. <laughs> flat enough. Good. Like good. the earth is flat. I'm Thank just kidding. You. I'm just kidding. We're not that church. We're not that church. Jeez. Please be careful, Keith. Please, just be careful. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I just, I feel home. Like, I feel like family. I feel like uh, we can have fun together. And I'm expecting to have fun together um, in 40 minutes and 42 seconds. Lord of the dance, demon clocks. Um, uh, They're my arch nemesis. Don't look at me. Um, It tries to taunt me. Heather said, don't don't talk about the clock. Just keep going. Okay, we're going to keep going. But can I introduce my wonderful, beautiful wife, Heather Armstrong, baby? I don't always get to travel with her, but it's a pleasure when I get to, because then you get more of the full Armstrong flavor, and uh, she is the queen of our home. I think we've got a picture we'll put up real quick. One more introduction of the kids. Our family. Okay. Um, Because I'm a photographer, I'm going to let the videographer, or the photographer just get a good one, (laughs) and then I won't be worried about about a weird angle. (laughs) You get to see all the angles when you are on the stage. It's really fun. Women. Um, The family. Kira, 22, just got engaged. We're planning her wedding. It's uh, exciting. Yeah. And then Madison's 21, and she is the manager at Dutch Bros and our firecracker girl, and probably soon to be engaged in February, March. And then our son, Connor, who is 25, and that is doing a lot of work in we're, here right we're now. We're taking applications, beautiful, <laughs> yes. amazing, hungry for God women for our son, Connor. So, yes, amen, that's you know, right. Sign up afterwards. Our sweet family. 
It's happy. Yeah. And we love to show our family, number one, because... Uh, it invites this, you into our home. Yeah, this is a family ministry. Mm -hmm. And we don't get to be here if our family doesn't sow us. Yes. And, uh, and, and everywhere we go around the world, it's, it's a pleasure. And it's something our family uh, gets to share in. And every time I go home, I get to share the testimonies of what God has done. Yes. And even now when Heather travels with me, which is a little bit more than you have in the past. I made we, it to gold status in one year traveling with oh, Ben. Oh, come on, yeah. Through yeah. United. You're almost at platinum, baby. <laughs> I, I, I believe in you. A couple more miles. That's how much I've been traveling, and I don't travel. So I was thinking about during worship, I'm like, this is a really full circle moment for me because a year ago was my very first trip, and it was here, and it was just such a beautiful thing to just be so embraced by you all and Keith and Natalie and the Braden and Leanne and just all the, all the staff and family here, and I just was thinking about it is a full circle miracle house. And just thinking of Rabe's brother because we were at dinner when he got the call yeah, about his brother and just hearing, just thinking about it in our little huddle, I was like, it's been a year, and your brother's just better than he was ever before. Yeah, come on. And just on. thinking of that for your house, that you have a full circle this testimony. Is a house of miracles. Yes, and so I just am excited about that and being here. You have a word. She's oh, we really do. She's carrying a word. Do you want to start? The first word that I feel. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, those of you who were here yesterday know that I don't, I didn't get my luggage. It still hasn't arrived yet. Uh, both of our phones are on like vibrate, so if we answer the phone. It's because the Look bear... at all the ladies in the room, baby. Look at their faces. <laughs> they are with you. They are like, they care for you. I finally last had a cry last night. Last night she was night. crying, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll just go to the airport right now. And she's like, no, I just be okay with my emotions. I'm like... You don't have to fix but it. But it hurts. Just... I don't know what to do. I've been pretty a champ, because I am not very... I mean, I'm just not a... Traveling, I'm stepping into it, but especially yeah, losing my luggage, I'm like, wow, Jesus, really? Um, this one's not fun, but I was thinking about, we're on the, the, the verge of a breakthrough of my luggage returning, yeah. and I feel like there's some of you who've lost your luggage. Yeah. You've, lost, you've lost your luggage. You've lost your identity, yeah, and everything yeah. in, my, in my suitcase is my, is my identity in a way. It's who I am. It's my outfits, my clothing. Your style. My style. And I just, as during worship, I was like, oh, God wants to give you your luggage back. He wants to give you your, your identity back. And so if you're just, I just want you to close your, close your eyes. This one's a little more tender than just a stand-up. But if, if that's you, just everybody in the, the room, close your eyes. If you feel like you've lost your identity and you're like, I need myself back again, Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over the room. Jesus, I just thank you that you restore identity. Yeah. And I thank you for the restoration of each one's identity in Jesus' name, that they would fully be who you've called them to be, that they would fully step into everything you have for them. In Jesus' name, I just release identity back. I release courage back, and I release the grace in the process of your identity coming fully back. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. All right. You got another word or something? I think I'm good. I think I'm going to save the next, the next one for the other service. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Um, I'm going to preach for 30 minutes, but before we do that, I, I might have one or, one or two, two more words. Um, last night, uh, while I was dreaming, uh, 
I had a significant dream where there was a plot of beautiful land and I was going around in a circle all the way around the, the land multiple times. And as I went around the land, uh, every time there was a new animal, but there was tons of babies everywhere I looked. And it was almost like you could barely take a step without seeing another baby and they might be tucked under the ground. So first time I went around, it was horses and there was a ton of baby horses. And then the second time I went around, there was a bunch of baby rabbits. And I feel like that you are entering into a season, this church in particular is entering into a season of incredible breakthrough and abundance. And, and God is actually going to birth things in many different realms. And I'm not just talking about church. And sometimes we get like, oh, yay, our church is going to grow. Yes, your church is going to grow, but it's beyond that. Your businesses are going to grow. Your families are going to thrive. I feel like we're coming into a season of supernatural, incredible breakthrough. And I see some of your faces and you're like, okay, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. And, and maybe that is a little bit because you've had a season where there has actually been a concerted effort to steal away those things. And that's what the enemy's been doing. But what God is planning is supernatural abundance. He's actually planning on us living a lifestyle of kings and queens. And when I say that, I'm not talking about, oh, we're the lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, that kind of thing. I'm talking about living in true supernatural kingdom wealth where you live wealthy in everything you do. You live in generosity in everything you do. You live with a kingdom mindset in everything you do, in every place that you touch. And it feels like God's actually giving you that thing called the Midas touch, where everything you touch turns to gold in a positive way. Okay, I got a lot more words, but I wanna preach too, so. Uh, uh, I'm going to preach. Uh, I want to preach a, a message to you this morning that I believe is, is very spiritual and very practical as well. Anything spiritual in our life should translate body, soul, and spirit. God wants all of it. And, and sometimes we get messages that seem like, have you ever got the message where it seemed like really spiritual and you're like, how do I apply that practical? Any of you ever felt that once? Yeah, not Keith's messages. I mean, don't, don't look at him right now. I'm, I'm just talking about life like that. But I wanna, I wanna talk to you about abiding with the Spirit in a way that transforms everything because God's in the business of transformation. And right now, there are so many voices that are vying for our affection and our attention, and those voices are actually the voice of transformation. And there's either God's voice or the world's voice trying to transform us. I'm just telling you, all, all matter uh, has form, right? So all, all, it, this, this thing has form. 
But what gives it form is its frequency. It has a vibration. So this thing vibrates at a certain frequency. It gives it form. And the same way, there's a voice that spoke us into existence. And then there's another voice that wants to steal away that identity in our life. The truest identity that we have. And the crazy thing that, that, that we live in is a time, is a day and age where I can hear more voices, more noise than ever in history, than ever in history. And that vibration, that noise, that voice is trying to make you look like something. It's trying to confuse the original voice. You remember the book of Genesis? It's the very first book in the Bible, if you don't remember it. Some of you look like, what's that? Okay, well, welcome to church. Genesis, first book of the Bible. Uh, and and it, in that, it said, uh, God created man in his image. In his image, he created them, both male and female, he created them. That's the voice of God. He spoke man into existence, and he created us both male and female in his image. What's his image? What's the very first thing we see God doing? The creator. He's creative. Our, one of our number one roles as, as a man or a woman is to create with God with our flavor. Like, I'm a man. That's number one. Number two, my name is Ben. Ben Armstrong. So I get to bring my flavor to manhood in his image, and I get to create wherever I go, and it's amazing, it's incredible, and we get to do that, but then we have other voices right now that want to tell us other things than the original voice. They want to transform us and say, no, actually, you, you know, there's, you're not just man or woman. Have you heard those voices? Have you heard that confusion? Have you heard that noise? It's actually a battle for transformation. And I had a dream uh, a while ago, and now it's probably a year and a half, two years ago now, three years? Wow, it goes fast. Was it 2019 or? 2019. Wow, how many years ago was that? Lord of the dance. Feels like yesterday. Okay, well, so I, I had this dream, and one night I fell asleep. I had uh, consecutive dreams, same dream over and over. First, first dream, fall asleep, and there's Transformers. You know, Autobots, Decepticons, they're fighting. And I'm like, wow, I haven't watched Transformers in a long time. Why am I having a dream about Transformers? And there's this epic battle in the dream. I wake up and I'm like, wow, that was weird. And I fall back asleep and I go into the same dream again. And now it's this epic battle of Transformers fighting and lasers and, you know, the whole thing. And it's like, what is going on? I wake up again and I'm like, what is this? And then I go back asleep, and a third time, sorry. Had to burp. Excuse me. Um, that was for you, baby. Um, and, uh, and, and the third dream, I go into this same thing again. And I wake up, I was like, God, what are you trying to tell me? 
And he says, there's an epic battle for transformation right now. And this is what the, 20, the decades of the 2020s will be all about. And, uh, and it, it's so important right now that we would recognize the season we're in and what voice we're listening to and what we are anchoring ourselves in right now because God wants to establish his kingdom in such a way until uh, we get what's in Revelations, the kingdoms of this world look like the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. And this is what God is establishing and I feel like it's a vitally important time. And, and I want to I talk about abiding with the Spirit and our focus. And, um, you know, uh, I love Exodus 33, verse 11. It says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And I, I love that scripture. But here's what's crazy. If you look at Moses' life, um, his first encounter with God uh, was in Exodus chapter 3, and I'll read the scripture. It says, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a burning bush. And Moses saw that bush and that it was on fire and it didn't burn up. So Moses thought, hey, I'm going to go over and see this strange sight. And this is, a, this is an invitation in this season to turn away from what we've been doing and what we've been seeing and turn away and see what God's doing. And he turns aside to see this strange sight and why the bush didn't burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. God said, don't come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place that you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of the generations. I am the God of your families. I'm the God of uh, 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 this generation, your last generation, all the generations back and all the generations forward. And, and, and he says, at, at this, Moses, listen to this, hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. This is Moses' first encounter with God, and his first encounter is to hide away from God because he's afraid. Now, now, now look at what we just talked about, and, 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 and we talked about Moses seeing God face to face, and that's crazy what happens there. I'm trying to bring up my notes, and it's slow. It's slow. In Exodus 33, he's, he's saying he sees God face to face, and then he says this crazy statement. And then he says, and God, now show me your glory. And the man who hid from God is the man who wants to see God continually. 
And the crazy thing is, is that when Moses went on the mountain, there was something that happened to him that changed his countenance. See, when he was in the presence of God, he would come off the mountain and his face would be glowing. His face would be shining and it freaked everyone out and they were so afraid and they say, hey Moses, would you cover up your face? And he used to put a veil on his face when he came down because there's something about the presence of God on your life and when you've encountered him, you look in such a way that you look like God and when people see you, all of a sudden there is this thing they're confronted with and there is a spirit of conviction that sometimes comes on the church. Some people say, oh, I don't want to be too spiritual because I'll be no earthly good. That's called the spirit of stupid. It's like, oh, too much of God will actually affect the world in a negative way. I'm like, what? what, what? Stay off the drugs. Like, that's just like, that just doesn't work. It doesn't compute. If I can use that language, I'm mean, sorry. Um, but that's, it, it doesn't compute. Our relationship with God should be a, a relationship where we spend time with him, where we look different because we've spent time with him. Think about marriage. Think about marriage. Think about uh, um, uh uh, a husband and a wife, and they're at the marriage ceremony. And what's the first thing when they're exchanging vows, what does the minister do? He says, face each other, face to face, because there's something of covenant in face to face. We make a covenant to each other to become one, and then there's the, the honey, that, 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 first night of marriage where you, you consummate the marriage and what's that? That intimacy is again face to face. And what does face to face produce? It, produce? it produces children. It produces life. And that's what our face to face relationship with God is supposed to do. It's supposed to transform us in such a way that that relationship reproduces life in everything we touch, in everything we do, in Heather's photography business, in your mechanic business. In Coulter's mechanic business, whether you're in the military, whether, whether you're, you're a teacher, whether, whether, whether you're a doctor, it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're in local government, that it, it, God wants to transform you in such a way. My wife, I love my wife because she makes things so practical. She makes the kingdom practical. And she was so excited the other day. She's like, baby, I'm so excited. I'm like, what are you excited about? She said, I volunteered for our local junior college to be a speech meet judge. Not a Christian college, just a local college. I'm like, why would you do that? It sounds awesome. It's going to be really fun. And so she, she goes to do this thing, and it's on Zoom, and she's one of the judges, and the professor introduces Heather and says, you know, everyone I meet that knows Heather Armstrong always speaks about how loving she is and how amazing she is. And so we're, we have a privilege to have her as a judge today. And they get through the thing and they're like, you're a pastor at Bethel Church. This is the professor. You're a pastor at Bethel Church. How's that like for you? And she's like, 
well, I got to get on stage and be in front of all these people, and that's not my normal, and I don't like that, and I, I need to take a speech class at Shasta College so I can learn this stuff. The guy laughs and enjoys it, and, and he says to all of the students, he says, if you're looking for a church, you should probably check out Bethel Church. And I'm like, this guy is promoting something. Why? Because Heather looks like something. Because she's been transformed by the glory. And, and I, what I super love is if my notes would come up, but I, I, I know this stuff, so either way, I'm going to go either way. What I super love is in 1 Corinthians where it declares, and us with unveiled faces are contemplating the glory of God, are being continually transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. Listen, okay, Moses veiled his face when he was in the glory. And this says, and we with unveiled faces, we're not covering it up anymore. We're actually face to face with God and we actually show it off. And then we do something that's incredible. We actually walk hand in hand because how many of you know, you can't live in the bedroom your whole life in intimacy. If you're having sex all the time with your spouse, you will die. I mean, what a way to go. But I mean, you need to eat, right? You need to provide for the children you're having. Like, you can't do that all the time. So it's not face-to-face all the time. We love encounter with God, but encounter with God should transform something. See, an encounter with God tells us who he is. I learn more about his nature when I see his face, but it also does something about me. It tells me who I am because I'm created in his image. So encounter with God tells me who he is, who I am. And then an encounter with God empowers me to be something, to do something, and it gives me a missional directive. Those encounters should say, oh, this is unto something. God wants to do something in our lives. He wants to produce something in our lives. And I love that we're now taking off the veil. Don't hide your love for God. There's got to get to a place where I'm getting more and more in love with God and I'm spending more and more time with him. And what used to be a religious exercise is now a pleasure for me. And I'm having encounters with him where I'm not afraid to share the gospel. I'm not a, what's the gospel? What Jesus Christ did, he did in me and he can do in you. And that's the good news. It's just sharing the good news of what God's done in your life. And it doesn't mean you haven't been in pain. It doesn't mean you haven't had problems. It means you have a hope no one else has, and you have a joy that even in the same situations the whole world is facing, you look different. What is it on you? Why is your face still glowing? Why are you still able to love? Why are you responding differently? Because I live hand in hand with God. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit come from an abiding relationship. Sometimes we get so enamored. Yesterday we did a whole prophetic day. We get enamored with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Ooh, those are awesome. 
That person must be amazing. Look at the gifts on their life. Look at that gifts on her life. Look at the gifts on his life. Ooh, they must have a ton of character. No. Gifted people doesn't always indicate character. Gifts indicate the character of the one who gave the gift, not the one who received the gift. What shows your character? It's called the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you bear much. Oh, not gifts. Hmm. So we bear much fruit with this abiding relationship. And, and, and then Paul goes on to talk to the Galatians. He's frustrated with the Galatians. If you read Galatians, he's frustrated with them. And that's putting it nicely. Um, and, and he gets to a point, and he's like, why do you keep provoking each other to envy? It's because you're competing. You're trying to perform for God's love. That's not how it works. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. That's the hand-in-hand relationship. So I can't live in the bedroom the whole time. What's the bedroom for? It's for transformation. I mean, when someone's in love, you can tell. Hey, what's going on with you? What's that? What's that on your face? Like, you're just beaming. You're glowing. When, 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 a, when, when, when a woman gets pregnant, there is a beauty on them that you can never see any other time. It is a unique beauty that comes on them. There is something about that. But then there's that hand in hand with God that is actually makes what happened in the bedroom manifest in a fruitful life. Manifest in a fruitful life. And God is, is shifting some things. I had a dream just recently, and this is a season for this. And um, I think it's one of the most vital things in this season. I had this dream, and it was a wild dream. In the, in the dream, I was getting married. And I know I'm married to uh, Heather. And, but I was getting married to this lady. And I knew immediately I was seeing through the eyes of the bridegroom. And this was the bride of Christ. And I'm like, I'm getting married, and we're just about to uh, exchange vows and, and get married, and then all of a sudden, here comes the devil. And he's got a knife, and he's trying to kill us. And I think Ben Armstrong's thoughts now, and I'm like, oh, no, we need to fight the devil. And then I hear Jesus' thoughts again, and he says, no, you need to get married. And he says, how you defeat the devil is being focused on me. And right now, there is so much distraction. There is so much noise vying for our attention and affection. And what are you going to turn aside from to have an encounter with the I am, the one who provides everything, the one who made provision for everything, the one who the Lamb of God was slain from the foundations of the world. That means before there was ever a problem, before there was ever an issue, before there was ever sin, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God together. And they said, let's make provision for every problem. And Jesus says, I'll die. I'll pay the price for all, everything anyone ever will need. And he's paid a price for something that we get to receive. This is why God can sit in the heavens and laugh. 
He's not laughing at you. He's laughing at the problems that the enemy is trying to bring. Why? Because he's like, I already made provision for that. And it's the intimate ones who have been transformed face to face with him. And I love crazy encounters. I don't try and make them happen. I've had some cra crazy ones lately. Some ones that I'm like, yeah, I didn't sign up for that. Like silver, silver glitter all over my face. I'm like, I didn't ask for the sparkle anointing. Listen, I'm a man. I wouldn't do that. I go into a meeting and this lady said, did you put glitter on your face today? I'm like, what kind of question is that? Like, are you serious? Did I put, no, I, I did not put glitter on my face. What are you talking about? You know, I'm like, I'm a man. I, I, I didn't put glitter on my face. No. And she's like, there's glitter all over you. I go to the bathroom. There's glitter on my face. Like, I'm like, what? God, I mean, are you serious? And, and then I go to preach at second, or first year school of ministry. And I walk in and the next lady says, there's, there's not silver glitter on your face. It's gold glitter. Now it's changed from silver to gold. And, and the glory of God and, and this whole encounter stuff broke out in school of ministry. Then I go to Russia. And I go to Russia. And I preach. And the first night I'm in Russia, there's 1,200 Russians in the room. The glory of God falls in the room. And they start laughing hysterically. And, and it's like the room, the, the power of God... Uh, a Russian police officer right here falls out under the glory. I showed Keith the video. He is out. He's out cold, like gone. And he is covered in this silver glitter. And then a man over here falls out under the power of God, and he's covered in the silver glitter. Why would God do this? I don't know. Like, it's it like to keep me in wonder, to keep me in wow, to keep me in like, I don't know God. I don't know his ways. He's way bigger than me to keep me from putting him in a box. Yes, he would do all these things. And then another person falls out. And I'm like, hey, remember Moses? When there was a burning bush, what did he do? He turned aside. Hey, it's not me right now. It sounds like these are burning bushes. Everyone left their chairs and then... That sparkly glitter just filled the room. What do I do with that? I, like, I would not. Listen, if, if Ben Armstrong had a choice, I wouldn't ask for the sparkle anointing. I wouldn't say, God, if you just do glitter in the room, that would be awesome. It'd be super cool if it floated in the air and I got covered in the stuff. You know, that's what I, bedazzle me, God. No, <laughs> I'm not looking for that. But God, but are you yielded to what God wants to do? Because it's probably the right thing. God knows better in that. And he wants to transform us in a way that we're not ashamed even when he shows up with glitter on your face. And we're not veiling ourselves from that. All right, we're going to end just a second. I have 24 seconds, but uh, this young sweetheart right here, what's your name again? Yeah. Sailor, stand up. Um, uh, you remind me uh, of a friend of ours, uh, Gabby. And uh, there is an incredibly uh, anointed gift of creativity on your life. And I, I feel like God's um, taking time for you 
and what was stolen from you in time, he's actually saying, I'm redeeming the times for you, and now is the time for a breakthrough. And, uh, and, and he, is, he is birthing something powerful in your life. And uh, I, I hear, her, her name's Gabby, our friend, and uh, it comes from uh, the name Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel was a messenger of God. And I believe your family line and your family lineage carries a message from God. There's a grace on you to speak the voice God, to display the pleasure of God and his nature. But there's been some things that have tried to put a, um, uh, put a it's almost like a dark uh, sheet on your cloud and keep you in that space. And I, I saw God come and breathe over you and breathe in you. And there's a breath of life coming in you. God's restoring all that the enemies tried to steal. And even the places where the enemy tried to harden your heart, God's blowing on those places and he's softening your heart once again to his nature and his ways. And this is a season where he wants you to feel his pleasure, his provision, and his protection. His pleasure, his provision, and his protection. And in places where you didn't feel protected or you're like, can I fully trust you in that, God? God's coming in, and he's healing all those places, and he's restoring your faith. And this is a season of him renewing the joy of your salvation. And I have a few more things I might talk to you privately about. Um, but this is going to be a good season for you guys. It's going to be a great season for you guys. And what's, what's your man's name? Soul. Soul? Sailor and soul, wow. You guys are a match made in heaven. And, uh, um, and thank you for your heart for your, your wife. Thank you for uh, your, your, you're a champion of your wife and you believe in her even, um, and, and because of that belief, uh, she's held on in times where she, she wanted to give up. And so thank you for being that champion because this is a breakthrough season for you too, okay? So stretch out your hands to these two. God, thank you for your word that heals. Psalms 107, verse 20, you sent your word and healed them. And I ask for your healing to come right now in Jesus' name. As your word was already declared over their life, that a new sense of wholeness would come on them. And all the hope deferred that has tried to make the heart sick, God, we ask that this would be a season of hope fulfilled. Hope fulfilled, dreams fulfilled, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? I'm going to pray over you.
You reap what you sow. And if we're transformed uh, in the presence of God and we, we give him our love and affection, there, 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 something happens. And I love coming to Texas and I love coming to Lubbock especially. And I was telling Natalie just the other day, I love it because it feels like everyone's your friend. And you walk down the streets and everyone's like, hey, how you doing? And it seems like they want to know how you're doing. Oh, I'm doing good. And you? Oh, well, we just have a conversation. Me and my Uber driver is like, oh, we just, what a nice lady. Uh, now I know Shane and Ezekiel, her kids, and, and we're inviting them to church. And it feels natural. It feels fun. But I don't know why today it feels like your faces aren't matching that. And there's something that's tried to take away your smile and joy. And God is renewing the joy of your salvation. The joy of what it is to be in his presence. Because it's supposed to change our countenance. And then we don't put on a fake smile. We don't just do the normal just because it's our culture. Or we've got to be a good Texan. It's because I'm a child of the King. So I'm a child of God. So God, would you come? And we ask for encounters that do transform. Encounters that show us your nature. Encounters that actually show us your nature, but then fill us with your nature and empowers us to live out a life that looks like you. Because I was made in your image. And that God, in that encounter, we would continually be directed by your mission in everything we do. And this in such a way that it transforms even my mechanic business, even, even my banking business, whatever it is that I do, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.